Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, Retro Life for You. My name is Chris Adams, host of the show. Sitting alongside with me here this week, of course, is Mr. Travis Rollins, and we are doing part two of our 10 favorite horror movies of the decade, this decade being the 90s. Last week, we went over the 80s. And, Jump uh, trucks, pitchforks, hey. children. <laughs> no, we're not going that way. <laughs> we're not going that route. Um, as you have said time and time again already in the last few minutes, it has been so hard to pick 10 favorites from the 90s of the horror Goodness genre. Goodness gracious. Yeah, it's uh, that's tough. That's tough for real. There's like 90s <clears throat> made for horror, boy. Yeah. Well, before we get started, as usual, if you are a first time listener to the show, make sure that you follow us and subscribe. If you uh, like what you hear and think, give us a good rating and review on iTunes. Or if you listen on Spotify, give us that five-star rating on there. If uh, you like listening straight from the web browser itself, you can find us at our website, www.retrolife4theletteru.com. And if you want to send us an email talking about anything uh, podcast-related that we've gone over or ideas you may have for the show you'd like to hear, just reach out to us at RetroLifeForYou at gmail.com. Travis, yeah. where is it they can find oh, us on social place. media? Where is it they can find us? I mean, it's Instagram, Facebook. Everywhere. I mean, Everywhere. If, if you typed in... Even, you a know, little bit of, even a little bit of TikTok. A, li- a little bit of TikTok. I mean, you might even make one up and find us on there. I don't know, because, yeah. you know, we're just magic that way. Could but um, once again, horror movies from the 1990s, and we're going to pick 10 of our favorites. This does not necessarily mean it's the absolute top 10 of the 90s, but these are our 10 favorites or 10 of our favorites. 10 of our favorites. I'm 10 to of say. our, yeah, 10 of our favorites, because it's hard <laughs> to narrow down to 10 oh, absolute so favorites. So many good ones, man. I know, it's so tough. Many good ones. Um, since I, since I put you first last time, I'm going to go first yeah. this time. If that's okay. I like it. Um, my first pick is not a, a movie theater horror movie pick, but it was a TV miniseries horror movie. And you probably know where I'm going with it already. Since I said TV miniseries, mm-hmm. um, Stephen King's it. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, I like on my list actually. Was it really? How about that? Yeah, one I am, wrote down. You can't not include it. I mean, you have to include it. Right, you do. And I, I must be. I'm, I'm thinking I'm one of the only few people that prefer this version of it versus mm-hmm. what they gave us at the theater. I think only. I maybe, maybe, maybe. I, the the one that they did with the new one is is scarier for sure, but. I prefer the original as well. Um, and I think m- those of us that probably grew up with the original probably do. Yeah. And I mean, the people who were in it stood out to me as well. Cause you had Richard Thomas, you had Tim Reed, Harry Anderson, Annette O'Toole, uh, Richard Mauser, Dennis Christopher, John Ritter, Tim Curry, Jonathan Brandis. I mean, you know, Seth Green was in it. There's so many people, there were so many names that was in it. That did even just a little bit, little just little parts, even right. That, that that stood out to me, and 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 was just made the movie so fun to watch. Um, Tim Curry played a good version of Pennywise the Clown too. Tim was great. Tim Tim did great in everything he was in. Tim Curry is, and uh, I feel like he's a, a underrated 
Yeah. Love Tim Curry. His version of the clown, like, for example, whenever uh, Georgie is out playing with the boat that Bill had made him, and he's looking at him from the sewer, and he's like, he's being comical and playful like a clown would be, you know, hey, Georgie, you know, do you like balloons? You know, and it goes to the whole bit where he talks about how they float, and when you're down here, you'll float too, and he goes from being like the likable clown to just the the pure evil-looking clown just that quick. I'm not going to say that the the look of the clown is scarier, but I think the thought of it, of him looking the way he does and being evil of a, you know, like an evil looking clown almost makes the thought of it scarier. Yeah, I could see that. Because Especially the one like the- say, you know, during the time and everything too. And that was back when like people truly had phobias of, they still do of clowns. You know what I mean? Like this just, Oh yeah reason for a lot of people it's very disturbing dude i mean the you remember the whole thing recently in uh, recent years people dressing up as clowns on street corners holding black balloons i was about to put somebody in the hospital i mean just holding black balloons and pointing at you as you go by the as you go drive by down the road i was chasing people and stuff man. oh yeah chasing people too exactly yes i'm like no uh, you'd you'd chase me once that'd be it (laughs) you wouldn't be able to chase nobody else when your kneecaps busted yeah, no doubt. Sorry for your luck, dude. It was just a joke. Well, how funny is it now? Tee hee. Tee hee. Heck yeah. What? So the killer clown, number 10. We counting down. We can go either way. It doesn't matter. It's just 10 favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, okay. what, what, what's your first one you're going with? All right. So I'm saving my absolute favorite for last. So I'm going to go with, uh, we'll go on the other end of it then. My, my second favorite it's gonna be Nightbreed. Nightbreed. This is a uh, this is another. Clown. I love the book. Oh yeah, the book's way better than the movie as usual. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Clive Barker and I believe the book goes much further than the movie does too, doesn't it? Like the it movie does, yes. Ends. Yeah. So um, yeah, this uh, dude dreaming about Meridian, uh, Midian, uh where like all the freaks go i guess, I guess i mean they're monsters are they freaks are they monsters are they nice are they evil like that's a little bit of both i don't know yeah it's like this crazy fantasy land that's just i mean it is so so awesome uh so and then you've got was he a doctor the mask sealer the serial killer i think the, he was a doctor yeah, i think he was like a he was a psychiatrist yeah like a psychiatrist type doctor yeah, so Boone is the main character of it, and he's in love with uh, Lori, and then uh, he ends up getting shot. Yeah, 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 he gets shot, and they take him to Midian, and this dude in the hospital, that, oh, dude, the guy, he put, like, blades on his thumbs. They were, like, like modified banjo picks. Like, I got to show you my real face, and, like, cuts his face off, and then they go, yeah. this like, man, they, and Midian is, uh, Midian's a big uh, uh, cemetery. And they end up going there and like trying to live their life and all, but then this dude's like hunting them and like it, man, this movie's just crazy. It's like it's like comic book horror almost. So I mean, it, it's a horror movie for sure, but at the same time, it's like you want to be Boone. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like you want to be one of you want to go to Midian too. Like I want to live in Midian. So like Nightbreed has got to be one of my one of my favorites. I don't 
know how scary it is. I mean, to younger children, I'm sure it would be scary because of the the makeup and the creatures. And you know, you got the one dude with the uh, almost like dreads that like turns demon and breathes smoke or whatever, kind of like Boone does. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I mean, it can it it can get scary. But man, alive! It's super cool. It's got one chick that's like a uh, porcupine. Like she shoots her. She's got like spines coming out of her, and she'll like right, right like quills. Yeah, quills. Oh yeah. my gosh! Like so, such a cool movie. It's not just a horror movie. It's just a flat out cool, awesome movie and book. It's so. like we said before. Horror movie doesn't necessarily mean scary to death. I mean, you know, horror movie is going to be completely different. It can be like a good. As you referred to it earlier, psychological thriller too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this movie too, it, it it was a box office flop, but it ended up with a cult following. So I mean, I would call this, I would consider this a cult classic. I would imagine. Um, I don't know how big it is to be a cult classic, but it, it uh, budgeted at eleven million, and it only grossed uh, nine million worldwide, nine and a half million worldwide. So. Not very good. I guess that's why we didn't get a second one. Because <laughs> they be. set it up. They set it up for the second one. I mean, it was only like halfway through the book, wasn't it, when they got ran out of Midian? I think so. Yeah. So, so they, they could have had a second one for sure. No doubt. Super awesome movie. Y'all got to go watch this one. So The way the doctor actually learned about it. Yeah, I remember. He he was actually Boone's doctor. He Boone was telling him about all of the... Uh, all of the dreams and everything he was having about Midian. And that's how the doctor ended up chasing him. But anyway, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all gotta go. You gotta see Nightbreed. Nightbreed is absolutely hands down. One of my favorites. Well, going with my number two, uh, we're going to go from box office flop, as you called it, to box office hit mm-hmm. and budgeted 14 million and grossed 173 million, 46,663. Wow. That's of the lambs. No man, this movie was a scream. If anything, I tell you, it was oh a real. It was a real scream. That was on my list. It was a real scream. Definitely. That one wasn't like on my list to choose from. That was in my. That was that one's in my top ten. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just and, and it's and it's a great one. Um, so I mean, uh, for those who have uh, been under a rock or in a cave, a year after her mother's death, Sydney Prescott and her friends start experiencing strange phone calls. They later learned the calls were coming from a crazed serial killer in a white ghost face mask and a large black robe looking for revenge. His phone calls usually consist of many questions. The main one being, what's your favorite scary movie? What's your favorite scary? Hello, Sydney. <laughs> Along with much scarier movie trivia, ending with bloody pieces of innocent lives scattered around the small town of Woodsboro. I believe the best, listen, the the best line Raven as well, didn't it? Uh, I believe, yes, I believe so. Uh, it's, yeah, Wes Craven. The best line in the movie, what was the guy's name? Was Jamie Kennedy in this movie? Was that his name? The yeah, movie actually, no, no, no. Jamie Kennedy was in this movie. He was in, uh, Randy. He's the guy. Yeah, Randy. He's the one telling him about all the different things, uh, the, the rules of the scary movies and everything. And the person finally calls Randy and says, what's your scary, what's your, what's your, your favorite scary movie and he says showgirls yeah <laughs> yeah terribly scary but yeah, uh, Nev- had, uh matthew lillard in it too from scooby-doo yeah he plays uh plays uh like zoinks man <laughs> right he plays a little you shaggy know, my favorite thing about this movie is deputy dewey 
giving us Deputy Doofy in the scary <laughs> movie. <laughs> Do- Mom! Does he don't bother me while I'm cleaning my room? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, Skeet Ulrich, David Arquette, Drew Barrymore. Yeah, this movie um, was absolutely enormous. I remember when this came out, man, everybody went to see it. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody. The voiceover for the phone voice for Ghostface was Roger Jackson. Um, I thought it was just one of the regular actors doing it. I didn't know they had a special person doing the voice for it. Ah. But, uh, what was what is the uh what is the age or what was the age in 1996 for an R-rated movie? Because we we were we were all going to see this at the movies. Like I mean, 17 and under, or if you were 17 and under, you'd have an adult. Oh, uh, okay. So at that I point, was 16 in 96. Well, up until July, anyway. I mean, that doesn't mean they actually check tickets half the time, though. You know. Yeah, we because we were going to see everything, man. I remember my dad taking me to see Terminator and Dagum Predator and all that. Well, I mean, if your dad was taking you, that's one thing because you you're accompanied by a parent. Oh, well, that's true. But too. I mean, they wouldn't. They usually wouldn't sell you a ticket to some of these things. But if you had friends that worked at the theater and you went to your friend's window and bought the ticket, it didn't matter. Right. You know. Heck yeah. Uh, Rose McGowan had a bit part in it as well as um, one of the friends named Tatum. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, 15 minutes on movie but, one. Let's move on. Hold, hold, hold on. Before we, before we get too far, one question for you. What's did up? this Did this movie not trip you out at the end of it with how the ending, I mean, like how it when ended up? When they were up? stabbing each other to try to make it look like they well, were attacked? Not just that, but when you finally realize it's two people, not one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The ending was great. The ending was amazing. Because everybody's wondering how this is going on. How is he able to get to this point so fast? Where is, how's he? How does he know the house as well as he does? It right. it couldn't be Billy because Billy was not there when it happened at this one point, and now you're like, okay, I feel stupid now. It was two people the whole time, and he was one of them. Yeah. But anyway, to your second one. Great, great, great movie. Uh, to my second one. Oh wait. Go, yeah, yeah, your second one. I'm gonna go with uh, one that we uh talked about previously. Uh, with Mr. Tom Everett Scott, Andy McDermott, uh, American Werewolf in Paris. American Werewolf in Paris. This came out, the special effects were just, I mean, at that moment, it, the special effects were cutting edge. The way he turned and the way, oh man, dude, on a, what was it, a subway? But when they turned and they bit him when he was coming out of the daggum uh, sewer or whatever too, like, man, this movie was so awesome. It just made like I was I already liked werewolves, but like this movie was crazy cool. It made werewolves so awesome. Uh, it was a daughter of a werewolf uh, living in Paris, and like he's like a, a, a high, uh, not high school uh, college student over here, just like backpacking or whatever. And like they, they um, he get, he gets crazy about her, and then ends up she is one of the, I think she's the one that turned him, but he was down in here following her or something. She's trying to get away from him, telling him like, stay away from me and all. So like he follows her and everything. And then she ends up turning and chasing him and scratching him on the leg. I think when he's trying to crawl out of the uh, sewer or whatever. Yeah. And then it just, it, it just goes on from there. It's just a story of Bagum. I don't know if it's actually, like I said, based on a werewolf in London or I, I think it's like a, like a, maybe a, 
a take on it or not necessarily a, a sequel or a remake. Just kind of like a maybe a reimagining, a reboot, yeah. as we call it. Kind of like a reboot in a sense, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, dude, the movie was just super, super awesome. And then, you know what I mean? You see him doing, mo- uh, it was another thing that's funny about it is you see him do this movie and then you see him do the other movies that he did where it's kind of just goofy in them. It's, uh, it's almost hard to believe that it's the same guy because it's like he never kind of came back after that, which was weird. You got, uh, I don't remember, what was the budget on this one? Oh, the budget and what it made. I don't know what it made, but I remember uh, I, Bush did did that song, Mouth. You yeah. remember Bush? Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, wow, this didn't do very well. Uh, $25 <laughs> million estimated, $26 million, $26.5 million grossed. So no, made a million not, back. not very good. Not very good, but there again... Don't let the box office fool you. This movie is awesome. I hear you. Well, I, to, yeah, to, to yeah. jump from there to number number three for me to a movie that did, you know, maybe not so good, but not bad. Mm-hmm. I want to go with Deep Rising. Do you ever see Deep Rising? Deep Rising. Yes. Okay, which one? I know the name. Deep Rising has got... Uh, how do you Kings. say... I'm trying to remember how you how you say her name. Um, Famke Jansen, because she's Famke, in one of my picks. Famke Jansen, yeah, uh, she was, she's the one that plays Jean Grey, I believe. She is that. Jean Grey, the Phoenix, yep. not the new, not young Jean Grey, like original Jean Grey. Right, right. Yeah, so from, and then, uh, my girl from uh, Sansa Stark played her. Right, young. right. And then you got Treat Williams, and you've got Kevin J. O'Connor. They're playing like three of the main people mm-hmm. of. Of what's going on basically what it is a group of heavily armed hijackers board a luxury ocean liner in the south pacific ocean eluded only to do battle with a series of large-sized tentacled man-eating sea creatures who have already invaded the ship yeah i uh, i mean it's it's really strange uh the creature is everything but it, it was a fun movie to watch it was really good um yeah it's not that. like one of those um creature type movies like you're watching jaws or you're watching anaconda or something like that it's right. i mean this is something that you don't know what it could be because you don't know what lies in the deep of the ocean or anything mm-hmm. and this is one of those mysterious things that have taken over the ship uh it was a fun movie a lot of action uh a little bit of humor to it you know so i mean it was it was it was well worth a watch so if, if you want something fun to sit down and watch one day to pass some time away i highly recommend setting a couple hours aside and watching this yeah, it's a it's a lot of action in it too, and it's got West Studi in it, and I like West Studi. He's been in all kind of cool stuff. He was in Last of Mohicans. He was in Mystery Man. He was in Geronimo. He was in uh uh uh. Oh man, I love it. It's the one with the white dude that grows up with the chulos, and then he ends up like ah, I can't remember the name of it. It's an old gangster movie. I can't remember the name of the same in my life. But he was dancing with wolves. He was uh, the Indian in the desert and the doors like. He's been, this dude's been in everything. American Me, I think is, I'm positive. American Me is the name of it. He's like the okay. main character in a movie, uh, old uh, gangster movie called American Me. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, really, really good. And Famke Jansen, oh my God. I love Famke Jansen. I, I, I started to say she's from The Matrix. That's Carrie Ann Moss, though. Isn't it? Carrie Ann Moss, yes. Yeah. Correct, you are. Correct, I am. 
What is your number three? What is your number three, sir? Number three. I'm going to stick with Famke and go with House on Haunted Hill remake from uh, 1999. There you go. Yeah. So Famke played in it as as Evelyn and her and Jeffrey Rush was in it as Stephen Price, hearkening back to uh, Stephen Price, who did the first movie. Uh, But they were married. And he creates basically this like elaborate game to get back on her. So uh, he offers everybody like a million dollars to spend the night in the haunted house. Right. And and it's got like, it's got a past and everything. And he has got it set up to where, you know, state of the art um, uh, surveillance. And he's got like uh, gags and stuff set up. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. And, and Dagon, oh my God, this movie just looks crazy. I said Stephen Price, Vincent Price. But uh, anyway, it goes through doing all this stuff, and then they actually end up awakening the real the real evil in the house. And it just, man, that movie, this movie rocks. Like, it's out of nowhere, too. It's got uh, Tay Diggs, Peter Gallagher, Ollie Larder is in it. Um, Chris Kattan is Pritchett, and he's hilarious in it. And uh, let's see, uh, Jeffrey Combs is Dr. Vanacut. Dr. Vanacut is, uh, didn't it, it used to be an insane asylum, and Dr. Vanacut was doing these messed up daggum experiments and stuff. Uh, Max Perlich, it's got it like it's got loads and loads of people in it that you wouldn't have known so much back then, maybe even yeah. not now, but when you see him, you'll be like, okay, I know who that is. And another one, it's messed up. That's such a great, great movie. It didn't. It's not a flop, but it didn't do great. Uh, it budgeted thirty-seven million, um, and they probably used every penny because that man the movie looks awesome. Uh, but it grossed worldwide forty-two and a half million. So, you know, five million or so it made. But it was, uh, yeah, this movie right here. Have you seen it? Yes. What did you think about it? I would say it was pretty good. I loved it. Absolutely, absolutely loved it. I like haunted house and stuff like that too. But it, like, it, it was like a fun. It was a fun movies. thing to watch. I mean, it, it reminded me of a. I, I, you're gonna laugh when I compare it to this. I mean, it, it reminded me of a Scooby Doo episode, and I know it was based on this is a remake of an original House on Haunted Hill. I know that, right? But and I'm sure that's where they got this you know, idea on the Scooby Doo thing, or maybe. Oh, vice versa. Who knows? On the older Scooby-Doo had cartoons. Some of the original ones, Scooby-Doo, where are you? They had this thing where uh, they were invited in. It was Scooby-Doo that was invited by somebody, so the gang goes with him. If you could spend the night in the house overnight, at the end of the night, they they got whatever from the will. Uh-huh. But they had to spend the night in the house, and there were these different uh, um, uh, ghouls and chains, like uh, ghosts with chains on them and everything going through the house and everything. Um, you from I know you've had to have seen it if you watch Scooby Doo, but yeah, it's kind of tougher to explain. But I mean, I, it just makes me think of that right away when I think of House on Haunted Hill and having to spend the night in the house to get the money and everything. The story itself just kind of sticks out like that. Um, heck yeah, I mean, I can see that, I can see that, but it's definitely not goofy like no, no, Scooby Doo is more to be you know, comedy, of course, but I mean, right. cartoon fun. Number four. Yeah, so check it out. Number four. My number four. I'm going to go with, 
I know what you did last summer. You, I, you only did that because of uh, old party of five grew into them hooties. Oh, hey. <laughs> who doesn't like some Jennifer Love Hewitt, man? Who does not love some Jennifer Love Hewitt? To this day, I love me some Jennifer Love Hewitt. She, uh, to me, she overshadowed Sarah Michelle Geller. Well, you know what? She, I feel like Sarah Michelle Geller was on the decline in her stardom. And, and you know what's funny? You, you're talking about the party of five girls that grew into herself. What's funny is in the movie at one point, it's like they're trying to accentuate that. They're trying to, to show this, it looks like, because she's wanting to know who is after them or whatever, and she's like tossing her, her arms out, and I know Travis can see me right now, oh, and everybody else obviously can't, but she's got the hands do. out, and her chest is thrust forward for the camera to see and everything, you know, like... What yeah. are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? So one of the one, one of the girls that was in here to play Elsa, uh, Bridget Wilson Sampras, was actually in the movie that I just picked. She was in House on Haunted Hill as well. I see. We got things know. that uh, kind of <laughs> they interconnect. Johnny Galecki was Max. Johnny oh, Galecki was in it. Yeah, Freddie Prinze Jr. was in it. Anne Hesh was in it. Ryan Phillippe. Ryan Phillippe. Sarah Michelle Geller, Mr. Freddie Prince Jr.'s wife, yes. also known as Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh-huh. Um, I know what you guy, thought was good. It, honest to God, it was it was as, I mean, I don't know if it made as much money, but among my age, uh, it was every bit as big as Scream. So, like, Scream came out, yes. and it was like, oh, my God, now we got to go see. I know what you did last summer. So, yes. I mean, it was like, it was huge. It, yeah. it was huge. Um, the person that they accidentally kill, that accidentally run over, mm-hmm. is that the one that's named Benjamin Willis, played by Muse Watson? It may have been. I think so. The Fisherman or whatever. Yeah. When I think of Muse Watson, I think of two different TV shows. I de- this, this movie does not come to mind at all. Mm-hmm. To me, he is always going to be uh, Mike Franks on NCIS. But he's also uh, the guy that plays in Prison Break, the first season, mm-hmm. and they they try to play him off as being, um, oh, what was the name of the guy that jumped out of the airplane with all the money? They said years and years ago. Oh, DB Cooper. DB Cooper. He spent supposedly he's DB Cooper, <laughs> locked up in prison and everything. Uh, that's how they kind of hint toward and everything. But that's all I ever think of him when I hear that. But this movie, I know what you did last summer. I mean, the guy that they accidentally run over the car did not kill him, obviously. And he comes back after him all. He's just, you know, creeping on him the whole time, scaring him to death and finally getting to him. And he's got the hook on his hand. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, was it like an ice hook he's using? Yeah. 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 Or hay, either one. Yeah. So, I mean, it it, it it was a definite for fish, fun for fish. It ain't for ice. It was for, it's for grabbing big old fish. For a big old fish, right? Because he would cannery and everything. It it was a definite fun movie. That the the part two to it later on was great to watch too. Both of them were equally, you know, as uh, thrilling and everything to watch. Well, what's your next one? My next one is going to have to be one that almost no one has heard of. I don't even know. Uh, it lost money. I, I don't know why I'm picking all these movies that lose money. We had a $1.1 million budget. I know why this one lost money, though. We had a seven, it grossed 
But I know why this one lost money. This one lost money because it's hard to watch. And I don't mean because it's bad. I mean because this hits a little too close to home at the time, probably even still. And the special effects in it are so, at the time, maybe even still, it's been a while since I've seen it, were so good that, like, it looked real, especially if you've ever seen um, body modifications or, you know what I mean, things like that. Like, this stuff is, it's tough. And what's crazy about it is it's written by D. Schneider from Twisted Sister. Well, look, he's not going to take it. And he stars in it as Captain Howdy. So really a movie based off Captain Howdy. This movie is D Snyder's strange land. And it is one of the absolute most disturbing things I've ever seen. It's a, in a chat room. Um, Captain Howdy goes in and uh, he invites people to blind dates and parties and stuff. And, it's like a rave. It's back like a rave type thing. So this is like 96, 98. What is this? What movie? Uh, I think it's 98. So like, I mean, raves and, and Molly, what we call now Molly, but X and everything was so big and chat rooms were so big back then. And like stuff like this was really happening. So he abducts them. He gets them to meet him and then he abducts them and starts torturing them. And oh my God, he'll like, he sews their mouths shut. And there's one part in this movie where she just like starts screaming and it shows her lips tearing apart out of the daggum sewing material, cat gut. I don't know what it is he sewed it with, but he's got uh, one room where he's got one person, it looks like fishing line or something, just like sewn through him and he's hanging in the middle of the room. So they capture Captain Howdy. And um, they, four years later, he gets he's considered rehabilitated and they let him go from the asylum well instead of like putting him in witness protection instead of putting him somewhere he goes back to his house people are all over him like lynch trying to lynch mob and all well he's he's truly reformed he's 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 eating pills and this and that well they end up lynching him they take him up on top of the hill and hang him like straight up hang him Little did they know, he's into autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been hanging here for like hours, right? It starts raining and the crowd goes away. And it shows his uh, his medicine bottle fall out of his pocket. Lightning strikes the the tree that he they, they're hanging him on. The limb breaks off. He hits the ground in the mud, raises his head up, and he's no longer like little uh you know nice and unassuming now he's captain howdy again he just looks up at the camera and is like what a rush and then all of the mayhem starts over again and it's like the i think it's the 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 sadomasochism and the torture that it depicts it it really is like this movie right here is something different have you <laughs> like, heard have you heard the song captain howdy i if i have it's been years and years yeah it's it's it, it's on the same uh, album that's got I want to rock and we're not going to take it and you oh, to, yeah. you check it out. Look it up. Yeah. This, it's got a uh, Robert England's in this one too. Robert England, Amy smart. Uh, I think those are the, probably the two biggest names in it aside from D himself. But yeah, yeah. Check this movie out for real. Cause uh, this one right here is tough. Like it's, it's among some of the, yeah, it's badass. You got all right. It. 
right. Well, let's go ahead. We got four each out of the way. Let's go ahead and knock out our little mid-roll here with uh, Tim and get this going. And then we'll come back and we'll start with number uh, five for each uh, for me and we'll go on from there. So everybody take a little moment. Take a listen to our friend Tim for 80s Flicks Flashback. Here we go. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show today, but bear with me just one moment while I get a quick word in from a good friend of the show of ours, Tim, at 80s Flicks Flashbacks. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to an 80s Flick Flashback podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go. Number five. Number five for me. Which way will I go with this one, Travis? Let number me see. Five. What do I you am taking number five in the direction of the movie about a group of girls who were witches. And I'm not you talking are about... all over these teen angst I'm not movies. talking about Charmed. I'm not talking about Charmed. I'm talking about it's the craft. craft. Yes, we got Miss Feruza Balk, Miss Nev Campbell, Rachel True, real. Robin Tunney. Do you know Feruza Balk actually has a witchcraft store in Hollywood? Or at least she used to. Uh, I have read that somewhere before, yeah. She crazy yeah. for real. Uh, uh, we also have Chris, Christine Taylor in the movie and Skeet Ulrich. Um, Christine Taylor, if I'm not mistaken, uh, well, is she not the girl from Meet the Parents? That's uh, supposed to be Ben Stiller's wife? Or right. is she the girl I'm thinking of from Dodgeball? Could be one of the same. Which one? I don't know. Christine Which Taylor? <gasps> oh, I used to be in love with her. <laughs> she was she on a mo- on a show called Hey Dude on I, uh, Nickelodeon. No, yeah, I don't know. Her. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Could have been. I don't know. I used to get she the cast. Terry. She was Terry in Night of the Demons too, which okay. is actually on my list. <laughs> I used to get the uh, the one of the girls from the cast and the craft mixed up. I used to say that it wasn't Robin Tunney, that it was, um, Alicia Silverstone. No, no, no. I don't mistake Alicia Silverstone with anybody else. No, no, no. Uh, no, this, uh, the other girl, uh, the one from karate kid three, that was his, uh, friend. She, you know, uh, lively, um, Robin lively. Okay, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Two different Robins, basically. Uh, Robin Lively did, um, was it Sabrina the Teenage Witch or something like that? She did, I think so, yeah, movie? yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, so I mean, it, you know, similar things. I used to get mixed up and everything, but this was a fun movie. Um, 
Yeah, the four I, girls uh, come Christine together for Christine Taylor you. was in, uh, she, she was Matilda in uh, Zoolander. What, Matilda? You didn't think I was a good Googleizer? But no, she's more than just that, though. I mean, I, I think she was in Dodgeball as well. She was, yeah. And well, was she not also in Meet the Parents in? Probably. I'm thinking that's her. I'm thinking you're right. I don't know. Um, but anyway, the the movie, you know, The Craft was um, just you know, just kind of a fun movie in a way. I mean, it, it, once again, not very scary. Right. You know, but the description comes out saying a newcomer to a Catholic prep high school falls in with a trio of outcast teenage girls who practice witchcraft, and they all soon conjure up various spells and curses against those who anger them. I think um, Christine Taylor is the one that they uh, put the spell on where she loses her hair. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, one thing for Rusa Balk, though, really and truly, I, I never really think this movie. I always think Waterboy. I can't Bobby help it. Bouger. Yeah. Vicky uh, Valancourt. Vicky Let me see her boobies, and I like them too. <laughs> yeah. Vicky <laughs> Valancourt, show me her boobies, and I liked it too. That's right. Uh, Heck, he had a craft. All the girls loved that one when we was coming up. Uh, what are you saying? What are you saying? Cool. You, you calling me a girl all of a sudden? You calling me a girl? Saying you picking a lot of you picking a lot of these teenage girls. Sounds like, sound, well, I mean, well, how old <laughs> how old was I when these movie came when these movies came out? I mean, oh, that's even worse. How old were you? No, I'm just <laughs> Forty-two and a half. Let me tell you. Uh, no, if this was in the nineties, I do believe I was just out of high school, sir. So, oh, yeah. You was liking them, girl. I mean, this is uh, you know some some, but it was also you know good stories though, as as far as not stories but good plots, we'll say. Yeah, no, the craft was cool. Yeah, we, my daughter and I actually just (laughs) watched. I don't mean that in a bad way, but my daughter and I actually just watched the uh, the like second one, like where they did the continuation. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's like the it was like the daughter. She was the daughter of the one that went crazy, of Fruza Box character. Yeah, so I made her. Yeah, they watch. put that spell on her and made her go crazy at the end of it. Yeah, so so I was like, well, if you haven't seen the original craft, you got to see the original craft before we watch this. Right. So I made her sit down and watch the craft with me, and she loved it. So then she really, so yeah, loved it. Well, give me your and number five. Number five. I'm gonna go with number five. I'm gonna go with the cube. Cube. You ever seen the cube? I have not seen it. I did when I was researching to refresh my memory on horror movies of the nineties. That popped up several times. Though. The cube is unbelievable. The cube is, uh, I feel like the cube is the very first like escape room type thing ever. Uh, it may have, I feel like it gave birth to the idea of escape rooms. Uh, 1997. And I caught this movie. I didn't see it at the at the movie theater or anything. Never heard of it. I was flipping channels one day. I think I caught it on like HBO or Showtime or something. Okay. And I'm like, what in the world is this? Well, I caught like the last half of it. And I'm like, this was crazy. So I watched for it to come on again and watched it from the beginning and just was blown away. Like, this was crazy cool. Um, it's basically a prison. Um, I don't really know if everybody inside of it was were prisoners but what it is is they take six people real different people and they just wake up in a room 
and it's you you have to like solve a puzzle to get to the next part of the room and it, but it always keeps changing and moving like anything that you've watched these days that does that has to do with an escape room um go back and watch the cube because the cube is what started all of that there was nothing like this movie before it and um there's been i mean they keep getting better uh you got hypercube i think there's probably three or four of these movies um but every like i said everything that you see in this like escapist i feel like it's based on this one and uh it's pretty cool it's low budget but that doesn't mean it's bad i promise you uh uh, canada estimated budget of three hundred sixty five thousand dollars it grossed uh, 565,000 worldwide, which I can't even imagine. I don't even know where it showed. Cause like I said, I'd never heard of this movie. Um, it released in the Philippines. So, I mean, I don't even know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those sleepers that just kind of started getting around and everybody kind of, kind of found and came up with, uh, it said it went well, just a quick little neat, review it said it probably costs about half the budget of this movie to make the opening sequence which successfully gets your attention and (laughs) once it has your attention it refuses to let you go it is compelling to say the least and i 100 agree all right well i'm gonna jump to number six speaking of low budget movies all right and uh budgeted six million grossed worldwide 31 million 347 thousand uh, this is a Wes Craven movie, and uh, this is The People Under the Stairs. Ooh, good one. And the People Under the Stairs is the story of a young boy named Fool from the ghetto and takes place on his 13th birthday in an attempted burglary along with two others of the home of his family. his family's evil landlords. He becomes trapped inside their large suburban house and discovers the secret of the children that the insane brother and sister have been rearing under the stairs. I think this is the, the first movie that I remember Ving Rhames from. And it's, 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 it's crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. This movie, it was wild. Um, the boy that the one they refer to as fool, uh, he, he gets away from him because he stays inside the walls, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's going through the different areas of the house. The house has got um, kind of like passageways, I guess you'd say. Right, secret, like secret passageways and such, which makes it kind of cool. I've always wanted a house that had stuff like that in it. I hit the desk, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> you made the. Did you Did you hear that? I did a little bit. I went to I went to get rid of that one, right? I That's just made the right. list. You just made the list. My bad. My bad. Okay. Um, yeah, the people on the stairs was that was a pretty awesome one. Wasn't there? Like, wasn't there somebody that started like helping him out, kind of like in house, like the gunslinger? What's that now? Wonder somebody that started helping him out, the little boy. The girl in the house. Uh the girl, I believe, that that's um in there. She was uh I guess like trying to help him get out of the house in some way and hiding him in the walls and stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that correctly. So the people in this movie, uh we had a yeah, there's being Rames. Brandon Quentin Adams, uh also known as just Brandon Adams. Played this movie. He played in Mighty Ducks. A um, couple other ones I can't remember names of, but I can see his face in my head. 
uh, Wendy Roby plays the woman. Everett McGill plays the man. They're the brother and sister that uh, apparently have all these weird kids together. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly Joe Mentor. What do I know that name from? Not sure. I don't know that one off the top of my head. Sounds familiar for some reason, but I can't quite place it. Well, I mean, um, she don't matter, but my pick number six does. Well, <laughs> let's go straight to your pick number six, because like last time, we are pushing for time again. So yes, give, me your, yes, yes. give me your pick six. Oh, my pick six is going to be Dusk Till Dawn. Oh, you did it to me. I did yeah. it to you last time. You did it to me this time. Okay. Oh, Dusk Till Dawn's one of the best ever. It's so much fun. It, it is. It's. I already. Hilarious. I already know what you were talking about. What you, I already know where you're going to go to. You're going to go to Selma Hayek. What you're going to go to? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Oh, oh, oh. I it's I. Which dance is sexier? Her dance as the vampire queen, or her dance as the uh, candy girl in Jay and Silent Bob? Uh, don't make me choose. Because <laughs> <laughs> that Tito and Tarantula. Broom, tickle, <laughs> uh, for those of y'all don't know, if you like the soundtrack or if you haven't seen it, it's got an awesome soundtrack. And Tito and Tarantula is the name of that band that the the, the uh, vampire band is playing in the Twisted t- <laughs> in the Titty Twister. It's the name of, it's, hey, it's the name of the place, man. Yes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Tito and Tarantula make got some awesome movie. And what I love is uh, Mr. Tom Savini who is a very, very well-known, regarded, sometimes even worshipped effects master uh, yes. starred in this movie as Sex Machine. He <laughs> 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 a revolver that flipped up from his crotch and the revolver's... <laughs> we'll just say it was phallic, to say the least. Uh, Danny Trejo, Selma Hayek, Quentin Tarantino, George Clooney, Harvey Cottel, Juliette Lewis, Cheech Marin, Dagum, Kelly Preston, John Hawks, like there's Fred Williamson. Fred Williamson, yep. Uh, man, there's tons and tons of people in this movie. And it's like the effects are great, the vampires are scary, but it makes it not scary because it's just so much fun. But uh, yeah. Awesome, awesome movie. It's about two brothers on the run. Uh, hey, it's, cost. it's the best movie for me that I've seen George Clooney in next to Ocean's Eleven. I'm gonna have to agree with you on that for real. Even even better than uh even better than the new Flash. Because <laughs> he was a major player in that movie. Let me tell you, major, major. He ruined it. <laughs> yeah. All uh, right. Uh, yeah, but anyway, they're after a bank house, they're on the run, and they end up uh, at the bar that I just mentioned. And his brother's a psychopath, and uh, they end up in a in a in a uh, Winnebago with Harvey Keitel and his family. But one of the most fun and best vampire movies ever made. That's my picks for well, number six. Lucky number seven might be your not so lucky, your unlucky number seven. If I Uh-oh. take the pick, if if I take this pick out from under you, oh, I got plenty of because <clears throat> I know you want this pick, but uh, as long as I it think ain't my number one, I'm I, I'm not going to do you this way. And even if I it is my number to, one, I'll take it anyway. I'm going to go ahead and move on to a different one because I did like this one, and I I, I brought it up in the previous episode for '80s movies. Um, we're going to go with Wes Craven's New Nightmare. 
I had that written down. So I have, I have one, two, three, four. I have four franchises with stars beside them that I was going to try not to bring up, which is the Howling, four. Uh, I'm sorry, the Howling six, which is the Freaks, one of my favorite Howling movies. Uh, Hellraiser three, Hell on Earth, which is the best Hellraiser movie from my favorite horror franchise. Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which is one of my favorites from Freddy. And Chainsaw Massacre 4, which had Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey in it. And it might be vying for my favorite Chainsaw spot. So I left those out. Yep. Well, okay. So since you, you still left the one in there so far that I could have picked and I didn't. But um, this one is a little bit unique. It's got Heather Langenkamp back in it again. Robert England still playing Freddy. Mm-hmm. But Heather Langenkamp and Robert England are also playing the roles of Heather Langenkamp Langen Camp and, and Robert England. <laughs> Super um, cool concept of this movie. Yes, it was. Uh, it was them, bake, you know, them making the movie Nightmare on Elm Street. It looked mm-hmm. like, and Heather Langenkamp's kid is starting to have nightmares based on, you know, the movie, and he is having you know things with Freddy in his dreams. So it's like the making of the movie is really coming to life. Yeah, and then the animatronic hand that they used for the glove or whatever that that was cool that was a cool twist on it too this yeah. movie i remember this movie's release was actually when we found out that uh wes craven that that freddie was a real nightmare that wes craven had because they asked it. i remember reading an interview and in maybe fangora uh where they were asking wes like you know after all this time why make another one and he's and that's when he let go of the story, like, well, I'm having nightmares again. So every yeah. time I make a movie with Freddy in it, then the nightmares go away for a little while. Yep. So that was a fun movie for me. I thought it was good. If you like the other Nightmare on Elm Streets, you know, check this one out for a little bit of a twist on how it's done. I think you'll enjoy it too. Yeah, this one was so, really, really great. Travis, next. Lucky number 11. Also a great movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, are you is your number seven the movie seven um no i cut seven it's so good though uh no my number box what's in the box (laughs) what's in the box my movie uh number seven is gonna be it's a two-parter so you can't really call it a franchise it's one and two and both of them are just as good as the other one it's the prophecy with mr christopher walken plays an angel named Gabriel. <laughs> if you want someone <laughs> to drive you crazy. Yeah. In a movie, I mean, yeah. Oh, dude, he is so... You get Christopher Walken. Yeah, but he... Dude, he's so smooth as Gabriel, but, man. Hey, do you know, like, you know what's good about Christopher crazy. Walken, though? What's that? If you got a bad headache, mm-hmm. he's got the cure for you. Yeah, I, well, I know. I know exactly. He'll bring you some more cowbell. So that's right. <laughs> I got to have more cowbell. So this movie also has one of my absolute favorite actors of all time playing Lucifer, Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen. Aragorn, son of Arathorn. There you go. There you go. Oh, there's actually three of these movies. <gasps> there's four of these movies? Five? The Prophecy for... Don't pay that any attention. Just watch the first and second one. So Travis will be going back through Netflix later and seeing if he can find some extra prophecies to watch tonight. Uh, yes, absolutely. I will be. I think I have seen the third one. I will be on three and uh, four and five. 
yeah. So anyway, this is about a girl who is having a baby and the baby's going to save the world and Gabriel wants to kill it. So he's going after it and it ends up, I think Lucifer ends up saving it uh, or saving them in the first one. And then, Oh my God, this is, y'all have to watch this movie is so cool. Christopher Walken has never been cooler than he is in this movie. He's like, there's one part of it. it like he makes this movie. There's one part of it where he says, uh, I wish you could see me. He holds his finger up to the to this girl's lip. And you know how you got the little part that comes down from your nose? It's like an indention yeah. on your top lip. He's like, you know why that's there? <laughs> he said, because when God made you and you started to cry, I said, shh. <laughs> 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 he put his lip, finger up to it. Like he's just, oh, he's so menacing too. There's one part like he comes out walking out from something. There's like, he kisses his hand and just like, you know how you like blow a kiss sort of, but like yeah. he's walking behind him. So like he kisses his hand and just puts his hand out and this like uh, ambulance just blows up. He's getting rid of evidence. It's just, yeah, go watch this movie. This movie's sick. It's just incredibly awesome. And Christopher Walker is just as cool as he's ever been in any movie ever in this movie. All right. Cool. Cool. I got my number eight coming up and I'm going to make this a funny horror movie. Okay. Uh, this is one of those horror movies, basically, where you've got an animal involved. You know, we've had, like, Jaws. We've had, is it like, what I think it is? Is it an wide in it? We've had Anaconda, and now we've got Lake Placid. Yes! we got some Bridget Fonda, some Bill Pullman, some Oliver Platt and Brendan Gleeson, Betty White, uh-huh. but what makes the movie together is Oliver Platt and Brendan Gleeson. Yes. Brendan Gleeson playing the sheriff. Hank Betty White's Keo. pretty good too, though, for her she is. little part she plays. Right, she is. But I mean, Oliver Platt's character, Hector. He is hilarious. I mean, when he, put, when he held up the toad to Brandon Gleason, and he's like, "Is this your friend?" <laughs> he says he used to be taller, or I remember him taller, something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, it's, oh, it's you know crazy. what? I love Brendan Gleeson too. Didn't he play in Gangus Gangs of New York? Wasn't he the dude that was like the new leader of the Dead Rabbits or something? I I, I do have no idea. Sorry. Well, the only other thing Brendan Gleeson I, I can think of off the top of my head is, is that he was he was Mad Eye Moody in Harry in Harry Potter movie. He was Mad Eye Moody, wasn't he? I think he's yeah. in a new movie that I want to see with uh Colin Farrell where like they were friends but then they got like an argument or something not sure what that would be I don't remember I think it's called the Banshees of Inishirin that is you got me you got me there Banshees of it's the Banshees of Inishirin I'm gonna pull that up and leave that up and show that to you after the after the show here all right check that one out it looks good yeah dude this um this movie, Lake Placid, though, the, uh, the the crocodile they got in it, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, part of the stuff is just re- done really cheesy looking. Yes. But, I mean, I guess it's hard to really make a giant, you know, crocodile look real believable. The, the, the water scenes with it, though, weren't that bad. Right. Uh, and when Oliver Platt's in the water and he comes eye to eye with that thing, it's like, okay. Yeah, that's crazy. That's not to make yeah, me feel a little uneasy I'm, watching I'm, the movie. Well, not on that too. Like I've been under the water and seen some crazy stuff. Not, not, not like that. He was Walter Monk McGinn in Gangs of New York, 
and he was also in Far and Away, and he was in uh, 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 Braveheart. He's been in a Braveheart. That's the other one I remember him from. He's been a ton of stuff. But I've seen some, especially down there being in that black water. Oh my gosh, that you know, on the Edisto River. Mm-hmm. Like you, you put on some goggles and like go under the water. You've literally, if you hold your hand out to arm's length, you can't see your fingertips. So when you roll up on a fish or a gar, or you know. A, a two or three foot long little alligator. It's, it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Not to make you drown right there on the spot. Instead yeah, of dude, like, <laughs> like if you got a snorkel on you about to be messed up, man. All right. Well, what, the next one for you then let's get yours. Oh, uh, that's your, that's your number eight. I believe we're on number eight. So number eight, I'm going to, Go with any meeny miny mo Silence of the Lambs. Okay. And if you don't know Silence of the Lambs, people, like there's another one, like you must be living under a rock, right? I think everybody knows Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. So, like if you hadn't seen Silence of the Lambs and you've heard Hello, Clarice, which he actually never says, uh, go watch the movie. I, you know, he, so I, that's the one thing I always remember about. So he doesn't actually say hello, Clarice. Never, not one time in the movie. Where does everybody this come remember, from? Everybody remembers that. Hello, Clarice. He is, never says. Is that this one of those time. things? Is this one of those things like Empire Strikes Back, where they they think he says, you know, Luke, I'm your father, and actually it's just, you know, I am your father. Right. Yeah. He never says Luke. Right. Is this kind of the same thing? It's kind of the same thing, yeah. He never says hello, Clarice. He never one time says hello, Clarice. Do you think it was in the previews where it says hello, Clarice, and that was a a clip that never made the movie? No, I think it's just the fact that he says hello, and then he says Clarice. Like, he he doesn't say hello, Clarice, but when he, like, she'll walk up and he'll say, he'll he'll say hello, or or she'll walk up and he'll say, good evening, Clarice, or something like that. But the way he says hello, I think people just stuck it together. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Good Great movie, movie though. too, by the way. And this yeah. gave us, and this gave us uh, Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Ted, Le- Ted Levine. Ted Levine. How do you say his name? Ted Levine. Ted Levine. I'm not sure which way. I always said Levine. I don't know. <laughs> I love Ted Levine because Ted Levine is the voice, man. He is the, the lotion voice. On. So he's like, Brian, we got to go find Don Toretto and put the lotion in the basket. <laughs> and if there's any way you could bring some pink champagne, it's my favorite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he is the voice, man. Joyride, that was another good one. Yeah, this is this movie is just great, great, great. And then you've got Red Dragon. Um, the TV show Hannibal is phenomenal with Mad Mads Mickelson in it. Uh that's great too. So we won't spend too long on silence. We gotta get this done too. We're at an hour already. Well, number nine, number nine, number nine. I'm gonna go with Flatliners. Flatliners? Flatliners, nineteen ninety. Good pick. I can't be mad at that. That was a you good can't, one. You cannot be mad at that pick. It's got a good, you know, good cast in it. We got some Kiefer Sutherland, some Kevin mm-hmm. Bacon, some Julia Roberts, William Baldwin, mm-hmm. Oliver Platt. They I think they're, they're the five students, I believe, that were doing yes. the stuff. Now, 
if um if you don't know what the movie is based on or what it's about and it's, here's oliver um, platt again oliver platt and i but he's not the same kind of character in this one not even close uh not uh, not not even like it the storyline is medical students begin to explore the realm of near-death experiences hoping for insights each has their heart stopped and is revived they begin having flashes of walking nightmares from their childhood reflecting sins they committed or had committed against them the experiences continue to intensify and they begin to be physically beaten by their visions as they try to go deeper into the death experience to find a cure it's really crazy you know when they have these and it's like it's actually coming back to life and haunting you so hard that you can physically feel what's going on like, like, what i want to know what i want to know is what did doc do to her to julia roberts mm-hmm. to make her dump him and go marry i don't know i don't know, I don't know but they were engaged at the time yeah and she broke up with him and then she married lyle love it now is she still married to Lyle Lovett, or she just not? She's not married at all right now. Oh, I don't know. It makes I, I have no idea. I never kept up with Julia Roberts. I never thought she was attractive or anything. Like, I mean, she has her moments. Yeah. For me, anyway, she has her moments, and then sometimes it's you know, I don't know. It's just a yeah. complete. I'm just saying, so, like, Doc is cool, man. How you going to get rid of Kiefer Sutherland and go to Lyle Lovett? Dang. Like, Lyle Lovett. He did something to mess her brain up, dude. <laughs> he did something. Yeah, flat we don't. We don't know. Hey, we don't know what it is, but he did something. He did something. They remade this in uh, 19, I mean, in 2017, too, by the way. Did they really? Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. You're right. Uh, she is divorced from Lyle Lovett. And uh, she's married in present day to Daniel Moder, M O D E R, Moder, Moder. Okay. Okay. All right. So, are we on my number nine? We're on your number nine. Okay. I'm going to switch on the fly and go ahead and drop, fully drop John Carpenter's Vampires because I feel like I just got too many vampires going here over the last two episodes. Yeah. And uh, although John Carpenter's Vampires is among my favorites. I'm going to swap it off and go with uh, Patricia Arquette in a little movie called Stigmata. Stigmata. Have you ever seen this one? I have not. I don't believe I have not. Uh, Tell me what it's about, and I'll tell you if I've seen it. Okay, it's about a priest sent from the Vatican to Sao Paulo, Brazil, Brazil, to investigate the appearance of the face of the Virgin Mary on the side of a building. And then, while he's there... He hears about a statue of the Virgin Mary bleeding tears. And then a, a, a girl in the U.S. start being Patricia Arquette, starts showing signs of the stigmata, which means she's getting the wounds of yeah, Christ. I have seen this. Yeah. It, it's starting to come back to me. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. And there's one, the spookiest part. Like this whole thing is, it's a good spooky movie. Like it's unsettling. But the, the the one that gets me is she's in she's uh she's writing on a chalkboard in like ancient Sanskrit or something, and she turns around and she's got all this like I, I guess it's supposed to be the crown of thorns. Uh, she's got all these cuts and slices on her forehead, and holes jabbed in it. I suppose that's supposed to be from where he had the crown of thorns on, and her her face is all wrinkly and messed up looking, and uh she turns around and she's just speaking Latin. And uh, while she's writing on there, she's speaking. And the detective or the father, no, yeah, the father uh, 
Gabriel Byrne, he asked her, he said, he said, who are you? And she turned around and dude, it was so creepy. She's like, and it's Patricia Arquette, but it goes, a messenger of non importante. Like, it's like, <laughs> like, like, oh my God. Look, I got cold chills right now just repeating it. Ooh, 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 ooh. You know, Latin is the root language of English, Spanish, and French. She said, I'm, she said, I'm a messenger of no important. The, she said, the messenger is not important. or The messenger is of no importance. Yeah, but it's uh yeah, that's a freaky one, man. And I don't I don't really remember the outcome to it either. I just remember it's kind of like a uh uh exorcism type thing. All right. But it's a good All freaky right. one. Well, I'm gonna end things out okay. with uh another monster uh, type flick, you know, creature. Okay. And uh, this is not Jaws, but uh, it's a little bit smarter and a little bit more deadly than Jaws was, I think. Is it Meg? Is it Deep Blue? Are you doing Deep Blue? This is Deep Blue Sea. Oh, I love Deep Blue Sea. Thomas Jane, Samuel L. Jackson, Saffron Burroughs, Jacqueline McKenzie, you know Michael Rappaport, Stellan Skarsgård. Unless I'm mistaken, I do believe that LL Cool J is hard as hell. And he is the first black dude to survive a scary movie. <laughs> he survived the scary movie. Preacher himself, LL Cool J, survived the scary movie. And you thought he was going to die at one point. Through the whole movie. You thought he, no, but at the end, still, you thought he was going to die, but he surprised you. Dude, there was like, no, there's like four times in that movie where you think he's going to die. And he thinks well, he's going to die, too. Yeah. The one Sam part didn't where he's, make it far, did he? Didn't Sam Jack Sam Jackson die, died early? Didn't he? He's the first one, I believe. I thought so. They were in the so underwater. You're like, they're gonna kill Sam. They're definitely gonna kill L. Yeah, they're like in the underwater bunker area of the uh, of the facility, and there's a place where they dive down in the water, and he's standing right by, and he's telling them, "We got to do this. We got to do that." You know, that <laughs> one of the, one of their people's already been killed, right? And yeah. uh, they got to do something for him. Next thing you know, up out of the water where they dive down into mm-hmm. this shark just comes up and arches itself off to the, to, to the left and bites him into him and pulls him back down in the water with him just yeah. that fast. And it's like, for when you first seen it the for first time, it was like, Whoa, can we rewind that? So let's and rewind it see it again. Aren't these Makos? These are Mako sharks. Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. For sure, yeah, they're, and, they're, and, they're and, and they're and they're like super smart. They're trying to do some kind of research on their brains and everything to see if they can help with. I think it's Alzheimer's. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and, they got uh, some kind they, of uh, they uh, they're wanting to enlarge them um, that, because their brains have uh, disease battling enzymes in them, kind of like Komodo dragon. They, they, what's scary about this is this is based in reality too, because they're doing this with Komodo dragons. There's an island off the coast of South Carolina that a lot of people don't know about. It's full of monkeys that you're not allowed to go to. It's got rhesus monkeys on it. And that is actually genetic research. (laughs) Like, like for real. So like, yeah, right off the coast. (laughs) Now, did you know deep blue sea has three movies? We haven't included monkey shines or 12 monkeys. (laughs) Yeah. But did you know that deep blue sea has three movies? I knew it had two. I didn't know it had a third. I didn't know it had a second one. Yeah, I've seen the second one. I'm looking at the uh, cover. The 
cover art of the, of the third one here on, on the screen. I'm like, well, I didn't know there was a third one, much less a second one. Heck yeah. Anyway, what is your final one, man? What are you going to close out with us on? Oh, I'm going to close out with my favorite scary movie of all time. And it's not my favorite scary movie of all time because it's like my favorite story or my favorite most fun or anything like that. I'm picking my favorite scary movie of all time is my favorite scary movie of all time because this movie scared the ever-loving boop out of me. (laughs) (laughs) My man, Tony Todd in Candyman. You're welcome, by the way. You're welcome. Because I was so tempted to go ahead and grab that one. (laughs) Oh, I would have overlapped it. I would have been like, well, you can pick it. I'm going to pick it too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's my absolute favorite scary movie ever. This movie came out in 1992, made me 12 years old. And I watched it with my cousin at her house, and she's a little bit older than me. And man, oh my God, that was like the height of my brain playing tricks on me and me being scared and you know what i'm saying i was like just the oh like candy man just scared the ever loving crap out of me and and so this movie is about uh a slave that they pulled out and they does lynching mean hanging i don't know a lynch mob is lynching is a hanging usually yes okay so well they they sort of lynched him not really. So anyway, a whole group of people came and got him, and they like covered him in honey. And supposedly the bees got on the bees came after the honey or something. I don't remember exactly how they killed him. I just watched the new the new one too, but uh, tortured him, you know, this and that. And then so in the ghetto in Louisiana, I think is where this is set. Uh, you know, you look into the mirror, and it's basically Bloody Mary, like say his name and then he appears and kills you and uh man alive i don't know if you've ever done it or not but if you uh the reason why bloody mary works is because of uh the photo receptors in your eye so if you leave now what happens is when you they say when you turn the light on you're supposed to see it but this isn't how it works so what you do is you go into the bathroom stand in front of the mirror for about i don't know two minutes just count out a full two minutes and then turn the light on and off real fast. Just flick it on and off and then real fast move to the left and do it again. And you will see your like, but it's because of the, this because of the photo retention right. in your eyes, the way they work. So we're doing this playing around and this is when we discover this happening. So like instead of flicking the light on, like the urban legend is we just flicked it on and off real quick. And then you see stuff in the mirror that was there in the dark and it's like ah! so between doing that and seeing this movie oh my god i this traumatized me as a child but he's got a hook for it they sort of cut his hand off and stuck a hook in it and just i mean good lord all this crazy stuff just yeah i don't even know if i need to give a whole bunch of daggum description just go check this movie out it's cool it's uh it was- virginia madsen tony todd vanessa williams is in it uh Rhea Pavia, I think she's pretty famous now for something. I don't remember what. But what's your thoughts? Since you almost picked it, give your thoughts on it. Oh, I, I thought it was a fun movie. Because like it's, it's the same thing as you were saying with blood with it reminded me of Bloody Mary. You go and you say Bloody Mary three times into the mirror. 
That's what did you with Candyman? You say in Candyman three times in the mirror as well. Mm-hmm. And Candyman will come and get you. Yeah, his is five though. You gotta say it five times. Oh, he five times. Chance. He gives you a chance to get scared and be like, "Okay, never mind." <laughs> but he's, he's I changed my mind. I changed my mind. Oh, well, that that wraps us up. We're about an hour and 12 minutes in, so that kind of wraps us up for scary movies of the 90s, 10 of our favorites that we've done. Uh, yeah. We hope you guys have enjoyed it. Show by almost 15 minutes, we did good. I know, I know. I hope you guys enjoyed this and that you found some movies that we suggested that you might want to go back and watch if you haven't seen them yet. Um, you can't go wrong. Uh, just a couple quick honorable mentions. Uh, I, um, of course, Halloween H2O came out uh, just like we had another you know chucky in the 90s and we had um uh, stuff like that we also had halloween go on just like the elm street and jason like x and all this stuff i like uh, species species was good yes uh event horizon event horizon was pretty good event um, horizon was awesome event horizon was a sleeper scary movie when he pulled yeah. his eyeball out oh, oh. yeah seven and Seven was a, a great thriller horror movie. There were so many great ones of that time frame. You could just you know just, just go and Google the the yeah, no, no. best horror movies of the nineties, and you'll see like, a lot Echoes. of great titles did you pop see up. Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon. I did not watch Stir of Echoes. No. Stir of Echoes is great. The, the Sixth Sense is listed as one of them that you want to see. Yeah, but I don't. That's hard for me to say. That's horror. I know, but they get it listed that way, though. So Yeah, that works. Tales from right. the Crypt, Demon Knight. Go watch it. Billy Zane is the devil. It's awesome. Yes. Definitely. Good stuff. Seven. Uh, not, oh, Return of the Living Dead 3. I love that one. That's about the chick that actually turns into a zombie, but she kind of retains some of her human humanity, and she's trying to protect her boyfriend. Ram Stoker's Dracula. Subspecies is one of the best vampire-type shows ever. Interview with out. a Vampire. Interview. Uh, Dark City, Wishmaster, Devil's Advocate. It's, I mean, the list just goes on and on. Tremors. Yeah, this is way too many to really talk Lawnmower about. Lawnmower Man. Lawnmower Man. Yeah, Jeff Fahey, where he that was. I mean, I know what it Jeff is, Fahey but I, I didn't Jeff, think it was a uh, horror movie though. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, it's just what it, that's what I considered it as. I wouldn't. I would say it's more like a, a sci-fi. Not even a thriller, maybe. Yeah, well, sci-fi maybe. is how I felt about it. Yeah, because it it was doing uh, all the uh, 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 what the kids got nowadays, the Oculus and everything. Um, virtual reality. Virtual, yeah, VR. Right. All right. Yep. Well, I, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up for us. Uh, just to remind everybody, we're on social media, at Instagram and Facebook, a little on TikTok here and there. Um, if you want to, uh, listen to the podcast straight from the website, go to www.retrolife's number four letter u.com. If you like listening on iTunes or Spotify, if you're iTunes, if you don't mind, give us a rating and a review. And if you're on Spotify, give us a five-star rating on there as well. Uh, if you have any questions or things you might want to see on the show or comments about your favorite horror movies from the eighties or nineties from last week and this week, both you can reach us at retro life for you at gmail.com. And Travis, I figure each week I ask you, do you have something you want to leave us on? I think I want to leave us on something this week. All right, let's hear it. I, I would like, uh, do you know why ghosts are such terrible liars? 
No. Yeah, because you can see right through them. 